Thank you, Devonna. And Avery. My frenemy, Avery. We're going to be in John chapter 6, and I know I have already preached from this scripture once, or maybe even twice this year. This is a, this scripture has so many things going on in it. And uh, I wanted to, we talked last week about the I am and that the I am is here. He's not just God everywhere. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad you said what you said this morning. I don't even know if you realized what you were saying, but it's so timely. He's the God of everything. And yet he's God here too. And he's God in the heavens, but he's God in my life and he's God at school and he's God at work. And we need to be real careful that we recognize that. And sometimes we get so busy with things that we don't recognize what God's doing. And there's two groups here in the feeding of the 5,000. And we talk about, I love, I love this one of my favorite stories and, and how God speaks and, and just food just comes out of him and all this stuff. And, and I love that part, but there's two groups here and both of them recognize part of who God is, but they don't see all that he's trying to do. And so this morning we're going to see, is there a way that God would help us to recognize what he's trying to do, even in the midst of of the troubles of life? And so I want us to stand this morning. We're going to start in John chapter 6. We're going to read these first 15 verses. And I know these are really uh, familiar to you, but don't let the familiarity of it keep you from hearing what God might want to say to you this morning. Let's prepare our hearts. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. This is the first verse, chapter 6. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Lake of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because, this is why they came, because they saw miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sat down. There was plenty of grass on that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous signs they, that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him, they're going to force him to, to be king, make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Let's pray. Father, I pray today that in the midst of life, 
that we would recognize who you are in everything that we're doing and that we would not miss what you're trying to say to us in our lives, in the daily life, in the midst of trouble, in the times of sorrow, in the times of sickness, in the times of joy. Father, help us to recognize what you're trying to say to us at all times. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My friend Kale sends me different things at at different times, and he'll usually send me just a few words out of an old, old song to see if I can recognize what the song is. And he'll just give a few words from the verse, and he said, can you finish this line? Do you recognize this song? And this week he sent me a story that I had never heard before from uh, Jerry Clower. And I didn't get to open it up because it wouldn't open up at my house. But this morning I read it and I thought that it was kind of timely that he had sent me this story. So I'm going to tell you this story. In the South where Jerry Clower was at and grew up, uh, Jerry Clower is an old country comedian and he's very country. And he said in the South, they would walk through the woods and and before deer season would come and they would try to find spots where there was some kind of some open ground in the timber and said, so then they would take a rake and they would kind of scratch the ground up and they'd throw some fertilizer and throw some ryegrass in that little spot. And said so the ryegrass would come up and said so the deer just loved the ryegrass. And so the deer would come in and eat it. So these, these two hunters were out looking for these, some open spots in their woods for a place to plant this ryegrass. And so they kind of came up to this little open spot and they were looking around. They were thinking about this would be a good place for this. And in the middle of this open spot, they saw a hole, just a hole in the ground. And they looked off in the hole and they said they'd never noticed it before. And, and uh, they said, well, let's, let's uh, throw a rock down in this hole and see if we can hear anything at the bottom. So they took a rock and they threw it off in the hole and they listened and they never heard anything hit. And so they got a stick and they poked down in there and then they let the stick go and it fell and they never, never heard anything hit. And they thought, man, this is a big, deep hole. And they were kind of looking around and one of the other, one of the hunters said, well, here is an eight foot section of railroad rail. Have you ever seen, you know what a railroad rail is? I mean, the, the, the track, the big metal track. He said, here's an eight foot section of railroad track. How it was out in the woods, I don't know, but there's an eight-foot section of railroad track. I don't know about you, but my dad had about a foot section of railroad track, and it is heavy. It is heavy. And their thinking was, we'll throw this eight-foot section of railroad track down this hole, and it'll make a big noise when it hits the bottom, and we'll know how deep this is. And so those two guys grabbed that eight-foot section of railroad track, and they wrestled around. They got it up by the hole, and they got it straightened up, and they just dropped it down the hole. And they were listening and listening and listening, listening for it to hit the bottom. And all of a sudden, a red goat went down the hole. And they looked at each other and they said, did you see that? Did you see a red goat go down that hole? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, that was kind of weird. Why would a red goat go down a big old big red goat? Why would a big red goat go down that hole? And they were sitting there kind of pondering that. This guy comes walking in there and he goes, Hey, you boys seen a red goat, said a big red goat. They said, we did just see a big red goat, said that big red goat jumped right down this hole. 
right here. And said, we were just standing there and that red goat went down that hole. And that guy there said, there is no way that my red goat went down that hole. Because I had him tied to an eight foot section of railroad track. He wouldn't have done that. Now, how did those guys grab a stick, an eight foot railroad track and not recognize there was a chain hooked to the end of it with a goat on it? They didn't recognize it. And sometimes in the world we live in, it's hard to recognize things. Have you ever seen a woman without her makeup? Sometimes it's hard to recognize. My wife doesn't wear very much makeup, so sometimes she'll not wear makeup, and I don't notice it so much. But I'm telling you what, there are some times, there's some women, and you're like, yikes. I mean, you're like, you, I don't know who you are, but go put your face on. And we just don't recognize, we don't recognize things. And sometimes, here's the deal, you can have a relationship with God, and you can be close to God, and you don't recognize what he is trying to do in your life. And in this story, there's two kinds of people. There's two groups. There are the followers of Jesus. And then there's this crowd, this crowd. And it's interesting that neither one of them recognize God fully. Now, if you're a follower of God and it talks about the disciples, if you're a follower of God, you need to listen to what the word says about followers. Because if it says something about followers and says that they did this or did that, pretty soon you're probably going to do the same thing they did. So Jesus has the followers, those who are following him. They didn't recognize him here. So if those followers didn't recognize him, I need to think in my own mind, there might be a situation when God is trying to do something and I might not recognize him. Even though I'm a follower, even though I'm trying to do what God would have me to do, if I'm not careful, I might miss what he's trying to say. Because if that could happen to those guys, it could happen to me. And so I need to, in my mind, be sure that I'm trying to recognize who he is. Now, these guys are all, they're, they're followers. They have left their job. They have left their home. They have left their family. And they believe that Jesus is God and they are following him. And they recognize Jesus as God enough that they say, we're going to follow you. We're going to go wherever you go. We're going to do whatever you want to do. And they did recognize him. They recognized him to a point as God. And that's great. And, and there's, and we want to be that way because most people today don't recognize him as God at all. They recognize him as some sort of a historic character, uh, but they don't recognize Jesus as someone that I leave everything. I, I put aside everything I want to do and I follow Christ. And that's even, even within the church, we have people that, that don't recognize Jesus as someone that I give my whole life to. And then you have this second group. And it says in verse two here that they were just there because of the signs. They seen what Jesus was doing. They saw that he was healing people. They, they were there. They, he had done miraculous signs and, and, and pretty soon in just a few verses, they're, they're going to get fed. And when he does that, they're all about what can God do for me? And that's all they recognize about Jesus. They don't recognize him as someone they need to give their whole life to. They recognize him as someone who can give me stuff. All right. So is God both of those people? Absolutely. He can be. 
But neither one was seeing God in the full thing. And in a few verses, he's going to feed 5,000 people and they're going to see him do this. And they're going to see him take care of them. And they're going to see him provide for them. And they're going to say, we want to make you king. Not Lord, but we want to make you king. We want you to take care of us. They didn't recognize him as someone they should serve. They recognized him as someone who can give me what I want. They wanted a king to provide for them, but they didn't want a Lord to follow. So both of these groups, you got the followers, you got the disciples, and you got the crowd, and both of them recognized Jesus, but neither one of them fully recognized him because Jesus didn't appear like they thought he would in their mind. And lots of times we have a set way that we think that God's going to work. We think God's going to work this way and this is what God's going to do. And so we don't, we don't see that he might do something else. The disciples see him as one that they should follow, but they didn't recognize him as the one who wants to work in my everyday life. They saw it as, as they were seeing it as, I want to follow you. I want, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to hear the truths that you speak about God. But they weren't seeing him as one who changes things and provide things in my earthly walk. Does that make sense? They, they saw him as God, but they didn't see him as God working in among us and providing for us and provider of everything. And on the other hand, you got the 5,000 and they saw him as one who could work in their life, who could heal the sick, who could give them uh, food so that they wouldn't be hungry, but they didn't see him as God of everything. And uh, they, 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 their mind just went to what God could do for them. And they were thinking, you know, if we got this guy, you know, we can go, we don't have to worry about getting killed because he can heal us. We don't have to worry about food because he can make it, you know, come out of nowhere. And so if we got this guy on our, and, they, and then they were thinking of what can he do for me, but not of him as God. And, and they're not interested in following Jesus as God. They just want God for what he can give to them. And sometimes we're like that. And we do the same thing, and we see it all the time. We follow God, we sing to God, we go to church, we give our money, we give to missions, we study the word, we do good things, we love one another. But sometimes we don't recognize that God might, these guys were following Jesus, but they didn't recognize that he wanted to do something bigger than what they had in their mind. And we as believers need to be looking and praying and most of all believing that God is going to do things that we never thought of. The disciples didn't think that day, you know, God might want to feed 5,000 people today. That was not in their mind. He was, going to, he was going to preach a message. He was going to say godly things. But they in their mind didn't think, you know, God might want to show up and do something bigger than I can even imagine. The disciples believed Jesus enough to follow, but they didn't recognize that he might want to do something bigger than what they imagined. It never entered their mind that he would provide for them or that he would resource in the way that he did. And as a church, sometimes we're the same way. We believe we should follow Jesus and we sing the songs and we love and we study our Bible, but we look to our own power 
to resource what we're trying to do instead of what God might want to do. We look at our economy and our paycheck and say, well, eight months of this couldn't pay for anything. And that's what we do. We look, we look at the, the resources of the church or the resources that we have and we say, well, we're too small a church or we're too small a congregation or this is too small a town or whatever. And we have got to realize that God might want to do something bigger than we could think of. You ever thought about that? We have to recognize him as Lord, but we also need to recognize him as a provider. And as you can see, it's easy not to recognize God or not to fully recognize what he's trying to do. And it takes patience and practice. And sometimes when you're in the thick of life, it's hard to recognize I am. When you're in the thick of it, sometimes you're just trying to get through And you're just trying to figure out what's at the bottom of the hole and you don't recognize that there's a chain hooked onto it. You're just trying to figure out what's going on. How am I going to make it through the next day? And we don't see that God is really there and he's really working and he's still there and he's up in heaven, but he's also the I am here. And we need to take the blinders off our eyes and see that God might be actually doing stuff that we can't see. And we might need to start believing that he can. If you go to verse 35, he says, in the same chapter, he says, I am the bread of life. Where are we at? I got too far over. Verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never go thirsty. He's not saying that he is, he is not saying that he is food. He is saying, I am everything. I am the God above, I am the God here. I work above and I work here. I'm doing things up here and I'm doing things down here. And you need to open your eyes and see that I want to work in your life. I want to work in you spiritually. I want to work in your physical life. I want to help you and heal you spiritually. I want to help and heal in your physical life too. And we need to see that God seeks to do those things. And he says, I'm everything There's nothing that I'm not. I am. I am here. But we just like these guys, we get in the midst of life and we get in the midst of the hard and it's hard to recognize what God is dealing with, what God is doing. You might be dealing with different things. I don't know what all you're dealing with in your life, but maybe there's an an illness in your life. Maybe there's illness in your family and things going on, and you're so in the middle of that. And, I'm, and here's the deal. We, we have been there, and I understand. And I want you to understand, I'm not getting on to anybody this morning. I'm just saying this is the way that it is. Sometimes when you're in the midst of it, and you've got your head down, and you're just trying to eke out another day, it's hard to look up and see that God might be doing something that I can't see. It's hard. I know. I've been there. We've all been there. We've all had something. And maybe there's something. Maybe you've got, and sometimes illness just consumes us. And we're trying to get through another day. And we can't see what God is doing. And we want to see. But because we're so into what was going on, we can't see it. Maybe you are dealing with some loss in your life. And in the midst of the loss. And Susan, I'm just telling you. I just, when I was When I was reading this, I just thought of you. And I hardly ever do that, but I'm telling you, I thought of you. 
And I rarely preach to anybody, but I'm just sharing my heart with you. I'm being honest. When Joe Ivy, Joe Ivy, Joe Young passed away, I, can, I still don't recognize what God's trying to do through that. I'm just being honest. I don't recognize that. But I tell you what, I know he is. I know he is. And maybe I can't see it, but I know he is because I know he's a good God and I know that he loves us. And I know that in the midst of loss, and I'm not feeling it like you guys are feeling it, but I'm telling you, sometimes when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to see that God is trying to do something and it's hard to recognize that. In life, you're going to deal with people at school and work and sometimes it's the people in your home. And you're trying to get through and each day when you have meet that person at school or you meet that person at work or when you get up by that person that is your husband or wife or is your child and you try to deal with that, when you're dealing with that stuff, whatever that stuff is, I'm going to tell you, some days it's hard to recognize that God might be up to something that I can't see because all we see is this. And we see the problem and we see the hurt and we see the whatever. And that's hard to recognize. And that's where these guys were. They had God there with them and they were saying, yeah, I I believe that you're Lord, but I don't see how you're going to fix this here in my earthly life today. How are you going to fix what's going on in my body in this place today? And they couldn't recognize it, but God did. But God did. They didn't see it. But he did. And there may be some things going on that you don't see because you're in the midst of it. And it's hard to recognize it. And the disciples didn't recognize Jesus as someone who wanted to come in in their daily life and be the provider. The, the people didn't recognize Jesus as Lord. If they missed it, Looking right at God incarnate himself, it is very possible for us to miss it too. If these folks missed it, it could be possible that we could miss it as well. Could it be possible that the hardships you are facing is Christ seeking to work in your life to where you can recognize him in a way that you have never seen him before. They walked into this situation and they walked out and they recognized God in a way that they had never seen before ever. Could it be that the problem that you're facing is God seeking to get you to recognize him in a way that you've never seen him before? Could it be that that person that drives you crazy is there to help you recognize God in a way that you've never seen him before? That person at school, that person at work, that person in your home that just... God may be seeking to use that so that you could recognize God in a way that you have never seen him before. And I'm learning that it's possible to go through life and not recognize Jesus. If we're not careful, we could miss him if we're not careful. And I, and this is for me, I mean, this message is for me. I am praying, God, help me 
And whatever I'm in and whatever situation I'm in, whatever's going on in my life, whether it's good or bad or whatever it is, sometimes in the good, we can't recognize what God's trying to do. Sometimes we're so happy, we just, don't, we just go through life singing and whistling and we don't even think about God. I'm going to tell you, it's in the hard times is when you start turning to God. But we have to be careful that we are looking and saying, God, what would you have me to do? What do you want me to see here? Lord, help me to recognize that you are I am. And you are I am in heaven and you are I am here on earth. And you are working so that your will could be done so that everyone could recognize you. Landon, I want you to come this morning. I want you to sing, Lord, I need you. I want you to sing that song again. Some of you this morning are in a spot, in a place, and you are consumed by your situation. And you might need to pray this morning. And it doesn't mean that your situation is going to change at all. I understand this. We've had things that we've prayed about and God didn't change anything. But at the end of it, I was able to recognize him for who he was. And we need to just, you need to pray, God, I'm here and I don't see you. Will you help me? to recognize you here. I want you to stand. Some of you this morning are in illness or whatever. Lord, help me recognize and see you in the midst of this. Lord, I'm in this place of loss. Help me to recognize you and see you. Lord, I, Lord I'm in chaos. My job, my family, my whatever is... Lord, it's in chaos and I can't see you. I just can't. Lord, help me to recognize you here. Lord, school is pressing in on me. My kids are pressing in on me. My family, my marriage, people I deal with at work. God, I know you're there. Help me to see you. And help me to recognize you in the midst of all that's going on. And I will follow you as Lord. And I will recognize you as God. I will recognize you as I am in heaven. And I will recognize you as I am in my daily walk. I don't know what's going on in your life. These guys missed it. Because they were so into what they thought God was that they couldn't see that he might want to try to do something else. And this morning, I just, somebody needs to pray this morning. Just, God, let me see you. Let me recognize you. Let me see that you might be trying to do something. Let me know you in a brand new way that I've never known you before in the midst of what I'm going through. We're going to open up the altar. If you need to come, come.